Welcome back to another episode of Back Porch with Patrick. I am Alex Birchnell. I am the media director here at Landmark Worship Center, so I want to welcome you back. Um, In the last episode, we talked about the canonization of the Bible and our senior pastor, Patrick Potts' views on that. And in this episode, we're going to discuss a general overview of the clobber verses, and let's get into it. All right, so now we're going to do what we consider clobber verses. Uh, We're just going to talk about those. Um, Patrick did make it clear that he's not going to be able to go too far deep into it because this is the sort of thing that you're going to have to take line by line. Um, But I think talking about the general aspect, whether or not it actually is talking about homosexuality, um, maybe what the references could be, and just a general overview. So take it away. Uh, clobber passages, the 11, the 11 sources of Bible that most people use to determine that uh, homosexuality is sinful and abominable. Um, and so the first thing you want to look at is how many of those are listed in the Old Testament, which means how many of those are actually listed in Scripture. And how many of those are listed in the epistles, which were, again, letters to the churches. So what can be considered divine and what could be considered man's opinion. Now, um, Regardless of whether it be divinely inspired or uh, a pastor or an apostle like Paul giving his uh, his two cents on it, his opinion on it, uh, we have to really break down what the scripture is even talking about or what the passage is even talking about. When you look at it, the majority of them, uh, well, let's, let's say this first. Uh, none of it refers to the word homosexual. Uh, that is not a word that was even uh, in use. It was not a word that was even created at the time. Uh, we didn't have that word until the late 18th century um, when that word was uh, uh, created to mean anything at the point. Um, and so there's nothing in, in the Bible that can be translated to the word homosexual because the word didn't exist uh, when uh, the Hebrews or the, the prophets wrote the Old Testament in Hebrew and the, the apostles again wrote it, the New Testament in the Greek and Aramaic. So it doesn't even exist. There's not even a, there was not a word in the Hebrew known language at the time that, that meant anything close to comparison of homosexual. Um, when you look at the ones, uh, particularly there in Leviticus and Deuteronomy, uh, it, it is referring to uh, the, the process of temple prostitution. That's, that's one of the main ones. Paul addresses the same thing in the book of Romans. He's talking, again, it's a temple prostitution thing. Uh, as a matter of fact, I want to say uh, the the book of James, and I'll, I'll double check by the next time we talk about this, but I think I, I think it's in James. Uh, there's a Greek phrase that Paul uses that Paul made up. He actually made the word up. Nobody even knows what the word means. What they have tried to do is dissect the word by, by, by separating it, like compound words, uh, sometime, uh, anytime. They've tried to take that Greek phrase and they have tried to separate it as they would a compound word to create the words out of it and you can't do that because it didn't mean anything Paul made it up uh, so to dissect that and then to come back and say that it means homosexual is is not only erroneous but it's also very misleading um, there have been several studies done uh, by various uh, professors theologians um, 
great pastors, evangelists, and preachers um, who at one point stood in opposition to same-sex attraction, same-sex relationships, uh, anything that dealt with the LGBTQ community. Um, But in doing their research and writing their theses and their statements on it, they've had to come back and apologize because they realized through their own study that the Bible has absolutely nothing to say about homosexuality as we know it today. Um, when you look at uh, the, the the period of time that you're looking at the scripture, you, you I teach a whenever I teach Bible study, I teach the six things you have to do to, to study scripture, and a couple of things is you one you got to study the geographic uh, location that the scripture is written in, um, because geography plays a big a big part on our culture. I mean, if I live in the southern United States, then my uh, my culture is going to be different than if I lived in New York or the, the New England states. Um, and the same thing with uh, Rome and Greece and, and the, uh, the Mediterranean area, that the Levantine, um, where like Iraq, Iran, or the Arabian Peninsula, Israel. Um, so the culture is different. So you've got to look where you're looking at. The study you're looking at or the, the geography that you're looking at has a big thing on the way you think. It has a big influence. Um, and so uh, you look at the time frame, so the culture there, um, what was their culture like? Um, if you look in the book of Matthew, uh, I believe it's chapter 8, and again, I'll double check to make sure I don't want to lie to us. Uh, but Matthew chapter 8 talks about uh, we all know the story where, where this Roman centurion comes to Jesus and tells Jesus, I've got a servant that's at home sick, and the servant's not he's not going to get better. They're going to die if you don't come and, and heal my servant. But Jesus says, listen, I, I'm coming. I'll go. I'm, I'm, I'm heading to your house. And he said, no, you ain't got to come to my house, but just make uh, say the word, and, and my servant be made whole. And, and of course, Jesus, you know, Jesus says, in, in all of Israel, I've not seen this kind of faith before. And when he's talking about a Roman centurion, a Roman captain, a Roman legionary, um, and Everybody assumes because the passage says that this servant was much loved by his, or this servant was much loved by the centurion, that the servant was a female. But that's not the case. The servant was a male, and probably between the ages of 13 to 17. Um, and, and what it was was not a servant in the mindset that we have of cooking and cleaning and, and serving in that facet, but it was a young boy who uh, would serve in a military. Uh, capacity, uh, and they were the companion of the Roman general or the Roman captain, whoever was over the legion. Um, and they were not just companion as in friendship, but it was a physical relationship. And then in turn, the captain or the, the 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 commander would teach that young boy the ways of war, the art of war, the ways of the military. And that was just part of the culture of Rome in that time. Um, and so we we when we talk about uh, these passages that we call the clobber passages, what you really got to do is get to the bottom. You've got to get to the actual uh, translation. You've got to get down to the, the original manuscripts and see what is it actually saying. You, you can't, I told somebody the other day, you cannot take a word and redefine it just for your own pleasure or for your own benefit. Words are defined uh, and they already have meaning. We place those meanings with them. And so what did it mean? What What is the actual passage, whether it be the scripture or an epistle, what does it really say in its original uh, vernacular, in the original grammar? Um, what are we talking about? 
Um, and, and a lot of times it has nothing to do with uh, orientation as you and I know it today, but it has more to do with uh, pedophilia, um, incest, rape, uh, temple prostitution, uh, and things like that. Um, but yeah, again, you, you said this, and we'll say it again, but those are these, these topics like this, we would really need to take out one scripture or one passage at a time and break it down to its, its, its Hebrew origin or its Greek or Aramaic origin and dissect that thing word for word and get a better understanding of what we're really talking about. Um, so, and, and I would love to really do that. That's, I look forward to doing that. Um, so yeah, that's, that's my, my take on the passages for the clover passages. Thank you for listening to Back Porch with Patrick. If you would like to find out more about Landmark, check out our website at landmarkworshipcenter.net and you can find out all about our ministry, who we are as a church. We're located in Johnson City, Tennessee off of Orlean Street and uh, we would love to hear from you. Definitely check out our contact information. Think about giving. Think about becoming a sponsor uh, through our uh podcast and you can go and check that out at anchor.fm slash landmark podcast. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.